Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. You're fantastic at coding, but do you have an action plan to take it to the next level? The upcoming book, Next Level Freelance, will help you optimize your freelance business for happiness. The book is packed with actionable steps to make more money, case studies, tips to find more clients, and exercises for you to establish your desired lifestyle. Extras include nine interviews with freelancers who make great money while enjoying great work-life balance, videos on strategies to find quality subcontractors, and videos on making more free time by outsourcing your daily tasks. Check it out today, nextlevelfreelance.com. This episode is sponsored by Planscope. Planscope is a project management and collaboration app built for freelancers and the way they work with clients. It makes it easy to price out new estimates and once you're underway, help answer the question, will this get done on time and under budget? I've been using Planscope to do my estimates and manage my projects and I really, really like it. It makes it really easy to keep things in order and understand when things will get done. You can go check it out at planscope.io. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 98 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Curtis McHale. G'day. Reuven Lerner. Hey, everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we're going to be talking about users groups. So do you have a local users group where you guys are at? Yes, we do. Yes. There are a few different groups, and yeah, a few different groups of different topics. Out around me, like if I went into Vancouver, which is like, eh, say, an hour and a half in traffic, in good traffic, then there's tons of groups for like whatever you want, but the only one kind of out my way is a uh, Rails Brigade, which runs the next town over. And it's more of a, we always call it nerd night, because it's supposed to be Rails, but lots of different things happen, a little bit of photography with friends and, and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, locally where I live, there's nothing or almost nothing. But uh, right, if I take the train to Tel Aviv or drive there, I guess it's about half an hour, then there's a ton of stuff. Yeah, and I have it's kind of interesting because there are users groups and some of them, they meet... I live in Utah Valley, which is just south of Salt Lake Valley, and Provo and Salt Lake City are about 45 minutes away from each other, and I live right in the middle. And so there's usually one in in Provo and one in South Salt Lake, and so I usually only have to drive 15 minutes to get to any of them now. So it's, it's usually pretty convenient for me, and I can usually go to two users groups for each group that I attend. Sometimes three if I want to go downtown, so... I'm curious, when do your users group meetings meet? Because it's hard for me to get to them because they're typically at about 6 p.m., which is perfect if it's sort of you're coming home from work, which is, I think, the idea. But I find it totally cuts into my family time and dinner time and putting the kids to bed. So I'm wondering... When Ours is 7.30 at night, although people show up often at the coffee shop, even at like 6 or 5 sometimes, you just show up and work for a while before the group. But yeah, 7.30 is the official start time. Yeah, and... Between all the ones that I attend, it's usually six thirty or seven. And we actually meet weekly in that group because oh, you're just wow. supposed to you're supposed to just bring a project and hack on it, right? So I get to sit next to uh, guys like Dan Cub who did Data Mapper. I know the names changed, but I forget it now. And um, Com. Yeah. So we like you know he's in the local club and a bunch of other you know, really smart guys from Engine Yard as well. And we just end up sitting around and talking. I end up helping them with their WordPress blogs when they need stuff done, typically. Yeah, is Miles Forrest still in that group? Uh, he's the organizer. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a bit because our paths haven't crossed because I'm not headed out there right now with the baby on the way. But yep, he actually, they say, he lives in town, so he, he runs it for us. And we get, he's got books. I think his biggest organization item is the books because we have books, hundreds of books, I think, from sponsors uh, like O'Reilly. And you can just borrow one. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, in fact, a lot of the O'Reilly and some of the other publishers, if you go in and you can actually register your users group, and they'll send you a couple of books every month that you can give away or 
keep in yeah. the users group library or whatever. I think we even have a Safari online account too that we can use. Yeah, so just great stuff there. And that's always nice in that sense is just, you know, you have shared resources. I've actually borrowed books from people in the users groups and given them back when I'm done. Yeah, a bunch of the books that I've read and don't necessarily need, I actually just give to the users group to keep because I don't need them all the time. Or I don't need like a my bash book all the time. Well, and I have a PDF copy of them. He oh, sorry, stores just... them all in Rubbermaid bins, and if you want a book, you just let him know beforehand, and he'll bring out the book for you. Oh, I see. So it's not like he brings all the books with him to each user group meeting. Oh, no, he'd need a truck. Right. I I, when, I, when I say really hundreds, convenient. I'm not joking. There's probably getting close to 200 books that we have from, say, O'Reilly, or people that say, I've donated, I've probably donated 10 books. So he just brings them out for you, or if he's not going, I'll swing by his house because he's on the way for me, and I'll take them in. Yeah, that makes sense. So your group meets in a coffee shop every week? Yep. Yeah, we used to meet in a um, co-working space. And actually, when we were in the co-working space, all the books lived in the co-working space, so anyone could use it. That was at the co-working space, and group members could borrow them still. And you just had to show up to the co-working space. And, and it's a small enough group, and the co-workers, the people who ran it, knew everyone, too. So they could just verify that, you know, yes, you're Curtis, you know, take a book, whatever. And they just let Miles know. So I'm just curious. Did you move out of the co-working space for any particular reason, or did they close up, or what? They closed up. It's just not... Our local market way out here was not good. Lots of people said, hey, this is awesome co-working, and very few people plunked down money. So for me, it was a half hour away, too. So for me to you know wrangle a half hour away didn't always work. So I just bought like a package of passes, because that's the only thing that made financial sense. But when they moved, we tried a few different ones. And the old coffee shop we were, used to be at has like an old folks sing-along night. So we can't use that anymore. We're at a Starbucks now. We just take over a table and bring <laughs> extension cords, take over a whole table. They have a like a long eight-foot table. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And they don't mind you taking it over like that? I don't know. When you go drop $50 with coffee for two hours I'm between the people that show up, right? Probably not. Yeah, I found that most places really don't care as long as you're not disrupting things for other customers. I don't see how uh, you know an extension cord, maybe a, a power strip or two, and then you guys sitting and, you know, chatting is going to bother anybody no i know at that one we like double the people that are in it most of the time and at the old coffee shop we were at we brought in enough business for them that they offered to stay open an hour later till 10 o'clock because they only open till nine on wednesdays oh wow because we brought in like you know sometimes be 15 or 20 people there sometimes there's only two but more often there's in the you know six to ten range right so the users groups that i attend they're either hosted by a company so the Ruby Brigade in Utah County is actually hosted at uh, Money Desktop. And if you've gone to like RubyConf or RailsConf, they're usually one of the big sponsors. And they're constantly looking to hire people. And that's part of their deal. But anyway, so uh, we kind of go and sit in their common area and have the meeting there. The Salt Lake Brigade actually meets at the Miller Business Resource Center. So we actually have a room with desks and a projector and stuff. Money Desktop has a projector as well, but you're sitting on, like, couches and stuff. And uh, it's nice, but it's not always great if you want to put your laptop out in front of you because you have to hold it in your lap and type on it there. But the Miller Resource Center is really nice for that, and they're always looking to bring in different groups, different entrepreneurial groups and things like that, and be a resource for that. So they're a really great place to do it. Before they were doing it at Miller Business Resource Center, they were actually doing it at Newmont University, which was... They basically had two floors of an office building that they taught computer science and design in, and they just let that, you know, let the users groups use it for free, and that worked out pretty well as as well. So I mean, it there are a lot of different places to do it, and then when we have those meetings, 
usually the organizers will find somebody to sponsor pizza or some other meal. The JavaScript group, Jameson Dance, who's on the JavaScript Jabber podcast, he actually organizes the Utah Valley Brigade for JavaScript, and they meet at the Stevens Henniger College in one of their big rooms. It's kind of like University of Phoenix, so they're kind of everywhere, and they have buildings all over the place, and so we just meet in their building in Orem, Utah, and, uh, you know, same thing. We get a projector and desks and everything, and then he doesn't like the pizza thing. He'll tell anybody who will listen that he's eaten more sponsored pizza than anyone should eat in a lifetime already, <laughs> and he's not that old. So anyway, so what he usually does is uh, he'll work things out so that, you know, most of the time we're having like Jimmy John's or, you know, Jimmy John's is a sandwich chain, and so, you know, you get the box lunch with the sandwich and an apple and chips in them, or he'll, you know, he'll figure something else out so that it's not pizza every time, which is kind of nice. There's also a group that gets together for kind of an iOS or it's NS Coders Night and they meet up at a little coffee and cupcake shop over in Provo. And so, I mean, there are a lot of options of places to meet, but those are just a few of them and some of the things that they do to get people to come out. And sponsored food usually gets a bigger turnout. Yeah, I know with ours, we have like a barbecue sponsored every year right around Christmas time. And I don't know, say Engineered, although I'm not sure who does, but one of the sponsors does it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'm also looking at pulling together a hack night, and so it'd be a, hey, come, we're going to work on this programming problem, and uh, you can solve it in whatever language you want, and you know, and then we encourage people to kind of cross-pollinate a little bit, so if you're a Ruby person, you know, go work with uh, Python or Smalltalk or iOS or PHP or somebody and, and do it in their language, and then, you know, help somebody else do it in yours. Satter hack one out here that's every month as well in the last half of the month. And it goes, I go out to Vancouver for that one. It's in, you know, multiple different spaces depending on what's available on a weekend. And they, they don't sponsor food. So Brian, when I reference this, I want food next time. But yeah, and it's more of a kind of like whatever you do, people just come and talk about the latest projects and do it. And there's some presentations there. There was a new CMS last time I was there before Christmas that someone was showing off, but I don't remember who it was. Yeah, that's the other thing that they do with the users groups is typically there are people that are talking about, you know, some library for coders or some, you know, some product out there that people can use to make their lives a little bit easier and things like that. And that, that's always nice. I know Miles tried that a few times and what he found, he found that it just didn't work until he started doing the just, you know, bring a project you want to hack on. We have done presentations occasionally when someone has, they're going to go speak at, say, Mountain West. And so someone will do the presentation to the group first just to kind of get some feedback or to practice at once. We've done that a few times with different people, but mm-hmm. no presentations normally at the local Ruby Brigade. It yeah, depends. Go ahead. It's just like the way you guys are describing your user group meetings, it's 100% different or 180 degrees from uh, what the Ruby group in Tel Aviv has been doing for the last few years. Now, I only get there once every few months. It's really at an inconvenient time, and either I'm usually with my family or like, in a different place. But when I go there, it's almost always two different talks. So people get together and, you know, mingling a little bit of networking. But basically they have someone get up and say, or people from different companies get up and say, we also are looking for Ruby people. And so you have three or four companies basically get up and compete to sound as desperate as possible. And then you have uh, usually two talks, each of which is about, say, an hour or so long. But there's no, or it's rare to have sort of everyone just come and hack. There is a group of sort of what they call the Ruby newbies, and uh, my impression is they don't get a lot of people, but they get some people, and the idea is come in and just sort of mingle and talk to us. But yeah. all these are done in company offices. 
we had a company come and do the desperate thing because we need people once. And after that, the whole group said, never again, don't do that. We've had other companies come that are scouting people that, again, bring their laptops and work on stuff and just talk and hang out and you know, say, hey, we're looking for people if you guys want to, you know, want to see what it's about. Our business cards are there. Just take them. If not, then hey, it was good to come out, meet new people. Yeah, usually with our groups, as far as that goes, because we've had some people actually say, well, I want to come and I want to, you know, I want to see if I can find some people to hire. Typically, what what we tell them to do is show up, sponsor the food, and then we'll give you a minute or two and you can say your piece. But, you know, we're also pretty quick to cut them off if it's going to be a long pitch because nobody wants to hear it. You know, you get up, you say you're hiring, you know, you tell a few things about your company that are going to make people want to work there. And then, I mean, that's all you need anyway. But it's nice because we get the sponsorships. We get, you know, they get a little bit of exposure, which is good for them. And everybody's aware, okay, you know, this company's out there if I need a job. Yeah. Our group is actually really beginner friendly as well. We've had, I know when I showed up, they were like, hey, so what do you do with Ruby? And I said, I have no idea. I think it's something on the web. And that's like, I had no idea. And I was doing WordPress work. And another guy showed up because he liked computers and his wife told me he needed to be out of the house one night a week. So we made friends. Um, <laughs> nice. So like people had no idea and like, okay, let's, you know, we'll teach you how to install Ruby. We'll teach you how to do this. Right. And so I go, you know, that's how I learned to get is like, should I learn Git or SVN? And they said, eh, no one here can teach you SVN. That sucks. So learn Git. Oh, done. <laughs> right. And you know, they, I installed Ruby the first time there and you know, everything. So we're very beginner friendly and there's a huge, you know, say from people who are really solid, like Dan, a couple of the guys at engine yard down to, you know, again, there's another, right now there's a guy who paints scenery for big movies and he's like, I hate it. I want to be out. And so we're helping him work through his app and helping him, you know, with issues in it. Wow. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that it was a whole soap opera with people getting up and being desperate, but basically, you know, after three companies where everyone gets up and says, the first one says, we're really looking to hire. The second one says, we're also looking to hire. And the third one says, oh yeah, we're also looking to hire. And, you know, basically they have to sort of compete <laughs> with, with the order in which they were presenting. But, I mean, no one, there's never any, as far as I remember and I've seen, there's never any real food there. It's always a lot of sort of cake and fruit and coffee. But, and it's at a company, but I never thought about really sort of suggesting, or I don't know if anyone would go for a company sponsorship of food. But it's a nice idea, certainly. Yeah, it's been pretty nice uh, for us at our groups. And it just, it makes the whole experience a little bit, you know, a little bit nicer. You show up, you get food. The issue that I usually have is that I'm diabetic and they don't get diet soda. And so I have to run out to the drinking fountain and get a cup of water. But, uh, yeah, it's a good way to go. And then, the, like I said, they can get up and they can say their piece. You know, we're hiring or uh, sometimes they want to get coders' attention. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I really like the format of ours, although it's say it started more around Ruby. It's kind of anything. Like, we some of us will get together and do photo walks or say whatever. Um, we didn't, you know, do laser tag for one of the guy's birthday or anything like that. It's a good way to meet other tech people, even at least way out here in the valley where there's very few people. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you guys. Do you go to any like business meetups? I went to one in town. I spoke at it and that was the last one they did. He wasn't sure if he was going to continue it after and he never did anyway. So no, not really. I just found a lot of the local business people have not necessarily been my target market uh, in my area. If I was in Vancouver, they probably would be, but I am not near Vancouver, so... Yeah, I once went to, it was probably like two or three years ago at least, I went to one of these sort of networking meetings where people from different businesses get together, and someone very uncharitably described it as, it's a bunch of people all desperate for clients, like all these self-employed people desperate for clients, trying to sort of feed off of each other. And that was certainly the feeling that I got being in that room, it was like, 
Well, I do X, and so if you're looking for X, I'm the guy for you. And I thought, oh my God, get me out of here. But more recently, I saw that there was, and obviously this doesn't quite apply to me, but there's a group of women who were running businesses in my city in Modin who were looking to sort of get together, and they, they said they're looking for speakers. I thought, well, I can maybe speak to them. You know, obviously, I don't quite fit the profile of a woman business owner, but if they're local, might be uh, interesting to talk to them and see what they have in mind. So I sent email, and I got a note back a few days ago saying, well, we haven't had that many people show up, but sure, let's, let's see what we can do. So if there were a real like chamber of commerce sort of thing in my city, I think that would be a great place to try to hook up. But if that happens, it's going to take a while, or I'm just totally unaware of it. Yeah, I know there's a chamber of commerce group that does, I don't know, breakfast every every other Tuesday or something like that, and I've just never made it a point to get to that. Yeah, I've I've gone to a few. There have been so there was one person that started one up that was kind of supposed to be a mix of Ruby on Rails and business. And so I went to that one, and, and that was pretty interesting. Met some people, met some people who wanted to learn Ruby or Rails. I met some people who were interested in getting a business started. I met a bunch of uh, Rails devs that I either knew or didn't know. And it was kind of an interesting mix. And I have to say that uh, I've actually kept in touch with some of those folks, and I've been able to... I haven't gotten any work out of it yet, but a few of them are in serious talks with me about how to get things started and and that, you know, basically they want to hire me when they're ready, which, you know, may or may not count for anything, but it definitely helps. And then I've been getting involved lately with the local group surrounding Lean Startup, and it's been really interesting to see where that goes. And a lot of those folks really do need technical guidance, you know, from somebody who understands technology. And it really, you know, it pays off for me because I like to help those folks and pays off for them because they're getting what they need. And I have a few leads from that, too, that are pretty close to coming through and actually hiring me. And so I think overall, it really just depends on, you know, what you want to get out of it and who you think you can help. And I would say that even though it hasn't come out as like paid work yet, it's still been worth it just from the relationships that I've built and the people that I've gotten to know. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I know it's not quite a user group, although I guess every time I've given a talk at a user group meeting, or a conference for that matter, it has always led to work of some sort. It might take six months, but someone will call me up and say, you know, I saw the talk of yours, let's talk, and it usually leads to something. Maybe it's just a one-day gig, but it can be something. I also uh, have this email list that I run in my city. I mean, we have like 2,700 subscribers and I'm like 60 messages a day, and so I'm pretty well known on that. So it's not quite a business group or user group, but certainly through that, people sort of, uh, just in the last month, two people have contacted me about maybe doing work with them. And I have to say, like, in many ways, it's more appealing to me to find people with general business problems that I can use Rails or other technologies to solve than people who are just looking for Rails help. And so I'm not rushing so much, even though technically it's super exciting and fun to be with the other Rubyists. I'm thinking more and more that I should probably spend some time with the business folks, because as you said, Chuck, it, it might lead to all sorts of things that I otherwise wouldn't be exposed to. Yeah, going out to my local Ruby club got me on this show eventually. I never would have met, say, Eric. I never would have met anyone in the Rails community, probably, because I would have just stuck doing WordPress stuff. And it got me you know, doing stuff for RVM at one point. So, Yeah, well, and I knew who you were because you did the CoderPath podcast with That's how I yeah, met Miles. Miles at the thing, so I was on CoderPath. So. No, I don't live close to Eric unless Portland is close because it's on the West Coast, Ruben. Well, I mean, like, you're closer than me, but no, I was just surprised to hear that you met Eric at a user group meeting. Well, I met him through Miles. Till I got involved uh -huh. in RailsBridge, I think, for a while. 
And then I met Eric through that. But I wouldn't have known about RailsBridge unless I had met Miles, unless I had met, you know, all the other people, uh, the guys through Engine Yard. I was down at Mountain West one year and got to meet Wayne Seguin and a bunch of other people that, and then, you know, got some shout outs on things and got to meet more people. So I wouldn't be on the show if I hadn't gone to that group. All right. Well, now I can say that Curtis and I have been in the same room because I'm, I can almost guarantee you that I was at that Mountain West Ruby conference as well. That was like two or three years ago. So. Yep. Yeah, I would have been there. So mm-hmm. yeah, you should come back down. A little harder to justify business wise now that I'm not doing much Ruby stuff, but it was a fun conference. You should come to Mountain West JavaScript. Well, we will see. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So have you guys had much success then from you guys mentioned that you had had some success from speaking at the users groups. I have to say my experience is generally the same. You know, people at least know that I know stuff about whatever I talk about. And they yeah, come up I... and ask questions and then they're like, oh, and you're a freelancer too. By the way, just as a side note, if you ever speak at a users group, make sure that you mention that you're a freelancer. Because a lot of times somebody will be there that, you know, needs your help. And, you know, they don't know who there is an employee somewhere and who there will actually you know, talk to them about what they need and solve their problem for a price. I'm going to double down on, on what Chuck said and then add to it because I always start every talk I do with, I'm a freelancer, I do these sorts of projects, and I've realized over time that people never remember that. So I always mention it again at the end. Uh, I've started doing that in the last few months, and I see people going, oh, huh, that's what he does, <laughs> meaning we couldn't have cared less what he said in his first few minutes. I know the last time I spoke in Vancouver at the end, I found out that the local college was showing up to check me out because I had been recommended as an instructor. So based on that talk, they said, yes, we would like to talk to him about being an instructor for us. So Wow. Plus, I got to meet a few other people that I hadn't met before and, you know, started working more heavily with an agency out in Vancouver on some of the more special stuff that I do. So, yeah, I would, if we were talking financial return, my one trip has easily made me, you know, 10,000 plus easy. Prof McHale, who knew, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> couple weeks education discounts that's the awesome part oh there you go right no I, I would say there are two different benefits at least of speaking at user group meetings um they're sort of short term and long term short term and i mean like you know, relatively short term right a few months uh, it definitely can lead to some work it definitely can lead to people coming up and saying as i said before hey i heard you speak you seem to know your stuff i could use help in this way or that way but i think there's also a long-term benefit that you become known as an authority in the community and so when someone wants help, when someone is curious to hear or get in touch with an expert on the subject, they will maybe not remember what you talked about, but they'll remember the general subject. Or they'll remember, hey, you know, that person spoke at the Ruby group, the JavaScript, whatever group it is, and perhaps contact you. And really, that has happened to me multiple times. Yeah, I've had after my first talk and talking with some of the other people that were there, like, hey, I know you can't come out to Vancouver all the time. There's one going on pretty soon, actually, and they wanted me to come out, but I couldn't. But I, you know, helped the guy set up his presentation with some questions. So there's still, you know, I'll get, hey, Curtis helped with this. You should check out his stuff over here, but I can't actually make it just for family reasons. What, you have something coming up? Well, any second now, there'd be a new baby. So yes, <laughs> I cannot go an hour and a half in good traffic to Vancouver right now. You can't go an hour and a half in bad traffic either, can you? <laughs> no, I'm pretty much restricted to like a three kilometer radius from the house unless the wife is with me. I'm sure she'd love to go to a user group meeting now. <laughs> I've actually taken my daughter. I took my daughter out to a Satter Hack Hack Day and brought some coloring books and let her color and hung out with her. And I got to talk to lots of people about stuff and that I don't get to see very often. It was a great time. And I colored a bit and did a bit of coding and let her hang out. And she had a blast hanging out with me for the day. And, you know, a bunch of my friends were happy to see her and they played with her too. And it was, it was actually really great. I would certainly wouldn't take her every time, but I'd take her again. And she's three now. So she had a blast. 
So as far as organizing a users group, have you guys done much of that? Not outside of what I've, you know, helped vary a little bit with Miles. We just have a meetup mm-hmm. and it's scheduled out and show up on Wednesdays. That's really it. Say so his organization is the books, as far as I know. And then he does some sponsorship stuff as well. Nice. I've helped organize some of the meetings and some of the other uh, local events. I'm not super involved with, but I've had some involvement in Mountain West Ruby Conference this year. Anyway, basically all you really need, though, is a venue and then just, you know, get the word out. And let people know that you're you're getting together. It helps if you have food. People really like that. It doesn't seem to matter as much if you're getting together somewhere where people can buy food versus having it sponsored. I mean, people get excited when they get free food, but, you know, show up, you know, grab a coffee or grab a, a soda or, you know, grab dinner. I mean, heck, whatever, right? And just sit and chat. I mean, people dig that stuff. And so it doesn't really matter. Uh, you can reach out to local companies. And I found that a lot of local companies are willing to, you know, host it. But typically what you need to do is find somebody who works there so that they can let you in. And if you can manage that, then, you know, then you have a place to go. You have a conference room. And then, yeah, you just uh, see if you can get either the company that's hosting you or another company that, you know, is going to send some employees over, you know, to sponsor the food. And then the other trick is is that sometimes you can get them to sponsor the food because their employees are going to be talking about some cool thing that they did at their employer. And so uh, that works out pretty nicely too sometimes is, you know, you're like, look, can you sponsor it and we'll let your guy talk about, you know, your queuing system or whatever. And then people get a good presentation, they get the food, the company gets the exposure they want because obviously you can now go work with said awesome programmer who gave his presentation and it works out pretty well. Any other pointers you guys want to throw out on that? We've occasionally, and these uh, these tend to be the meetings that I go to, we've occasionally had people come in from abroad to talk, and having guest speakers is always really interesting and exciting, because typically it's going to be sort of a more high-powered person than you're yet in a regular meeting, and that gets everyone excited, and more people come, and they tend to also have sort of interesting, broad things to say, whether it's sort of how things are in their country or in their company. So I don't know how it works in terms of sponsorship. I, I really, I'm assuming that most of these people come because their companies are sending them to Israel, not because, or maybe they're on vacation, not because they're just coming to our user group meeting. But if you can get sort of guest speakers, I think that's definitely a good way to sort of drum up support for the group. I know our local WordPress one in Vancouver has a guy coming up from Portland pretty soon. And I don't think his company is sending him or anything. I think he is just coming up, although I'd have to double check on that to come up uh, and talk about Backbone in WordPress. So he will get to talk about a really cool Backbone theme. He did kind of the first one once WordPress had Backbone in it. So that will help his the theme shop that he works for now. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're sending him or not or if he's just coming because it'd be cool to talk. Yeah, I remember we had Jameis Buck from 37 Signals come and talk to the Utah Ruby Brigade. And it just so happened, I think he had family down here that he was visiting. And so anyway, some of the guys in the the users group knew him because he actually started the Utah Ruby users group and then moved to Idaho. Yeah, we had Wayne Seguin Skype in once and do a presentation on RVM when he was just doing it. I know, I think we actually used to have Jeff Schoolcraft even Skype in just to hang out in the user group because he doesn't have very many around him as well. And he'd hang out and talk and chat. And uh, we have an IRC channel that goes all the time now, actually. Yeah, I actually oh, that's, did one. That's for, a great idea. I did one for the uh, Ontario Ruby users group and I just Skyped in. Yeah, it's a good way to go, and it's a good way to get some exposure. And it's kind of a cool thing, because I, I actually did get to talk for a minute with a few folks that were willing to walk up to the camera and say hello. And so just, you know, 
just meet people and, and make contacts and and that's really what I enjoy about the stuff anyway. It's just meeting people who have interesting problems or want to talk about interesting things. For a while, I think Miles even webcast the whole thing. He set a camera up kind of over the shoulder of the table and webcast the whole thing. So if you were in the webcast, you could talk and see kind of what was going on and hear people as well. Like there's a mic in the middle of the table for a while as he was trying things out. Nice. Yeah, and there are all kinds of telepresence setups that you can get. So anyway, any other thoughts or ideas or... We've been talking a lot about technical user groups, you know, Ruby, WordPress, JavaScript, and touched a little bit on business groups. Do you guys have any sort of freelancer groups or consulting groups that you go to? Do such things exist? I think the closest I have is my mastermind group that I do, but there aren't, say, I'm far enough out in, from Vancouver that I don't even look at a lot of what goes on there because I'm not going in there every night to do something, right? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I have an online mastermind group that I'm part of. I I think it would be interesting to try and start a freelancers group out here, but I haven't. How about right, you? No, I mean, no, neither am I. I mean, the closest thing uh, I'm in, I guess, is between my mastermind and uh, in a Brennan's Freelancers Guild, which I found to be sort of a good support group. But every so often I've thought, gee, it might be nice to actually get together with other people who are sort of in my boat and trade ideas, especially if they're local and so they're dealing with the same legal and financial issues as I am. Yeah. yeah, I think the big thing around here is there are a lot of people who actually do technical stuff. Like at the Ruby Brigade, we've had tons of people just show up and they show up for one or two nights and then never come again. And they live—I know they live in town here with me, but they just never come out, right? And I'm, there are tons of people like that, say in Vancouver, in a big city. But there's so many more people in general that you get the people that come out more regularly. So there's just so few people that it's hard to draw on that. You know, say 10% or 15% that are actually going to come out when there's only you know five people. That means one person comes out and it's me. Yeah. And one thing that's uh that's interesting is that if you go on meetup.com a lot of times you can find something that sort of matches or you can find something that's, you know, close enough. So Yeah, and that's how I ended up at the Ruby Brigade. It was close enough to being something online. So hey, let's go. Yep. Yeah, so uh, you know, I got on and you know, there's a lean startup dinner. In fact, I think I planned this one. I'm a <laughs> So You so, may have planned it, but you're not <laughs> sure if you planned it. Or? Yeah, I planned it. I'm the one that recommended it. It was just a while ago. But, you know, I mean, I get on, so I have this bad habit. I'll mention this because it's something you can use. But so I have this bad habit of getting on to uh, meetup.com and I'll find groups that I think are interesting. And so I'll go and look and see when their next meetup is. And for about half of them, yeah, Ruben put in bad habit organizing events that you then forget. Yeah, that's basically what I've done. So, so I got in and I organized this one. And anyway, so I got in and I actually organized this group. Looks like there are five people who are coming. I really ought to show up to it then. But I did another <laughs> one next week, and, you know, they neither of these groups had met in a while, so I just suggested a meeting. And then I went and I found people in the group, and I bugged them until they backed me up, because you have to have three people, you know, support it, or one of the group organizers endorse it. And so, uh, so I got three people to agree to come, and then the group manager endorsed it. So anyway, so there... It looks like there are five people that said that they'd be coming, but anyway, so we're going to get together and we're going to talk about the Lean Startup. And this is for the Ruby on Rails SLC, which is the weird Rails business hybrid thing that I mentioned before. But I actually went on the Lean Startup Circle and I did the same thing, and that one's set for next week, and I actually found out later that I couldn't go to that one. But, you know, there are a whole bunch in here. So there's the Salt Lake Pie Ladies, there's Utah Software Craftsmanship, there's a book club, uh, Utah Small Business Owners Network, and their next meetup is January 30th. Maybe that's the one I hijacked. Nope, 
Anyway, so, you know, you can see all of these different uh, meetups. You can find people that are near you that do stuff. So there's the Utah JS startup. So it's really interesting. Uh, meetup.com is a terrific resource for that. And you don't have to pay for it. So you can Unless just you're an organizer, it. right? Right. The organizer has to pay for it. Yeah, that may be true. I know that's something that now Engineered or O'Reilly pays for for our group. At one point, we were all chipping in every year. The I think it came out to like five bucks per person for people that showed up that night. So that it could be paid for for the year. Yeah. But one other thing that I'm also looking at doing is starting a co-working space. And then that way a lot of these groups will have a place to meet. And I'm kind of interested in that. But that's off topic for this. So I'm not going to go into too much detail there. But there's a lot of stuff going on. And meetup.com is something that I kind of use to go to to figure out what is out there. And pretty much all of the users groups that I attend have an account on here. I would say Meetup has done a very good job of uh, getting a lot of people to register with their system. You can set it, and I try to turn this off, but I get updates of, you might also be interested in this group, and you might be interested in this group, and there's just a flurry of groups that Meetup thinks I'd be interested in. And truth be told, if I had infinite time, I would be interested in many of them. Yeah, so the Lean Startup uh, Circle, one that I put together, actually, it turns out that only two people have said they're going to go, and so it hasn't been announced yet, and so I need to go and bug people to see if I can uh, get it announced or get on the organizers list. But I know some of the other organizers, so I might be able to just make that happen. But anyway, it's it's just an interesting way to go about, you know, finding this, and you can even start a meetup group. So I wonder how much it does cost. Meetup? I, I don't want to guess. I mean, I seem to remember it being enough that when they started charging, people got really, really angry, but not enough that it's really worth getting that upset about. Yeah. Organizer dues are... 19 per month at the max. Yeah, so not, not so terrible, but given that they're doing calendaring registration, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so it's all interesting stuff, and it's kind of cool that they give you so much, um, you know, so much stuff that uh, that you can use to pull it together. But even if you don't do that, I mean, the other thing that I want to bring up with the users groups is we have a mailing list. Sounds like Curtis's group has an IRC channel, and ours does as well. But yep, I'm not in there as often as I should be. But, you know, having those other medium media that you can use to communicate with each other is also a really cool thing. So, Yeah, we used to have a, a mailing list. I think the mailing list still exists in theory, but it has largely been obviated by a Facebook group, which I think gets more traffic than the mailing list used to, but that's not a very high threshold. It's like, you know, 10 messages a week, maybe 15 messages a week. So I think actually the idea of an IRC channel is a very smart one. Because then whoever's around could just sort of be online and have it around while they're working even. Yeah, I leave them open all day, and if people ping me, I'll get in. Sometimes I get in on my own chat, but there's 15 people in it right now as I flipped over to it, and there's been activity, just activity almost every day of some fashion. Sometimes it's only three or four messages, but it's, you know, from anything, hey, did you guys see this cool new thing, to, hey, here's a funny cat today. All right, well, I'm not sure if there's anything else to share. Our picks. All right, let's do picks. Curtis, you want to start us with picks? Sure. I have two today. One is a book my friend just released called The New Rules of Entrepreneurship. I got to read the first draft, so I'm excited to see the whole thing. Because, uh, yeah, he did the kind of a group editing part about how entrepreneurship should be run now. The second thing is an article I found today from Backblaze, and they did a, they have so many backup drives, right, for all their backup clusters. And they did, a, here's our hard drive reliability test and what we see. So it's really interesting to see what hard drives last the longest for them then cost the cheapest. So it's cool. I know what hard drives I will buy now if I can. Awesome. Uh, Reuven, what are your picks? Uh, I've just got one pick for this week. 
It's this um, library from Mozilla called TogetherJS. And it was announced, I think, about six months ago or so. And the idea is that it's this JavaScript, basically you put in two lines of JavaScript into a site, and it provides for some basic real-time collaboration. And I started playing with it a little bit, and I'm starting to look into the hooks that you can use also to connect to it. But it seems like if you have some sort of community site that you might want people to work on together at the same time, this is going to provide a interesting, nice, and what seems to be so far pretty robust way to do it. So again, it's still, they claim it's alpha. It's still in the early stages. I'm still in the early stage of playing with it, but uh, so far I've been impressed. Very nice. All right, I'm going to share a few. The first one is hover.com. They're my domain registrar. And I've picked them before on the show, but the thing is, is that I moved stuff over from GoDaddy a bit at a time. And I just, the problem is, is that if you move it over yourself, you have to set up all the DNS. It's the same as it is in GoDaddy. And then you make the switch and hopefully it's all happy, right? So I finally called them up and I was like, I've heard rumors that you will just do this for me. And they go, oh yeah, yeah, we have a valet service that will do that. So they're moving the rest of my domains off of GoDaddy this week. And I just can't tell you how happy that makes me. So anyway, uh, all I had to do was go in and change my password on GoDaddy so they can go log in and, you know, basically be me. And then, you know, they just move it all over. So I was like, so there are going to be any glitches or anything? And they're like, nope. Because we'll set it all up on our DNS servers, and then we will basically flip the switch, and it'll all come over to you. And the thing that's interesting about some of it is that, yeah, it's just, you know, they just solve all of these issues. It's just so nice. Anyway, I forgot what I was going to say when I stopped. So They're awesome. Yeah, they I are use them awesome. too. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a concierge switch, and it extended every domain by a year or two or something for whatever fee you pay. It was yeah, that's great. What, that's what I was going to say. So you pay $10 per domain when you switch it. And then basically you get the same expiration date plus one year on all of your domains. So They're a good Canadian it. company, too, out of Toronto. Oh, is that uh, where they're based out of? Yeah, it's two cows. So I've talked to them, and I forget, we had, but we ended up talking about the same place that we had both lived in actually very similar years. So I may even know the guy. But <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, yeah I, so I called them up, and awesome! I'm so happy. Absolutely. I mean, I'll agree here with your pick. I mean... Hover has been amazing. It's, what's amazing to me is that DNS has existed for so darn long, and it took so long for someone to come up with a really nice interface and really good customer support. But they've done it, and yeah, I'm pleased as punch, too. Well, and they don't have tacky Super Bowl commercials where they're trying to promote women who are, like, half-naked and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, between that and the user interface, it's like, okay, you've got a crappy UI, GoDaddy does, crappy UI, and then GoDaddy has these tacky commercials. I'm just like, there is nothing to like about your company. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there I am being real nice on the show. Anyway, so I've got that that I'm going to pick, and that's all I've got this week. We'll wrap up the show. Thanks for coming, guys. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. See you later.